create opportunities for other ideas and other thoughts. And these ideas or movements or thoughts vie for our attention in a way that's unexpected and welcomed. And what we see in the everyday is part of a larger conversation of who we are and what we've become or maybe what we're becoming. And even considering the current news cycle of a war that has been fought my entire life, adult life, I should say. And it somehow has affected my thought of recent. In thinking about this show as well, or this idea of these spaces or ideas that are created by the absence or the presence. And in thinking about this space on the other side of the world, what is being created by our absence or what was created by our presence. That idea of a spatial presence and the change that is taking place is about who occupies that space and why. And why are we there? Why are they there? So the ebbs and flows of our interactions and observations create tension. And these dichotomies tell stories and they have meaning. And what is the meaning 
of what's left or forgotten. And I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how this show, this art, the gallery in Albany made me think about a war on the other side of the world. But it did. And it made me coincidentally think of this song. This song is amazing because of what's left from what's forgotten. But uh, intro. But uh, yeah, Jenny, why don't you go ahead and take us, 
take us around. Okay, so this show is seen. Today we are joined by three of our artists, Sophia, Alyssa, and Aurora. Um, pretty much the basic concept of scene is the definition of intersectionality as um, defined by Kimberly Crenshaw, who originally coined the term and then different perspective, perspectives of the feminine capital F. Um, which I thought was really interesting. And, you know, part of ACG's mission is to be able to promote emerging artists too. And I know that age is one of those factors that people will be counted against for. So this show is all women artists um, working in various mediums from sculptural mixed media to painting um, and different processes, I think, really encapsulate the full range of female experience from the physical body to emotional, psychological aspects, anxiety, fear, hope, um, spirituality. And all of the artists in the show have such different interpretations of what it means to have that feminine experience. And, you know, we have some BIPOC women artists and queer trans women artists in this show so it just really i think shows all these different viewpoints of this same type of identity but just in different ways formed from different experiences so joining us um i think Alyssa and aurora their works really explore that physical part and being looked at being scrutinized under the male gaze and sophia's really explores that type of spirituality and there's a lot of personal histories being displayed here that I think are really interesting to look at especially just because they're so different visually um and I think it really also presents a whole creative potential and not just of the way that people can create and the materials that they can create with because I know, like Alyssa, you use a lot of housing materials, foam insulation, house paint, and Alicia also um, mixes up latex and plaster and layers and layers of different types of paint and sometimes like fabric types of materials. So it's a lot of different types of um, mediums in that way, but also the types of people who can create stuff and make beautiful works in that way and inspire other people in that way. Um, so since I'm kind of segueing into Alyssa, if you want to kind of go into like how you arrived at this radiator series that you've been exploring. Yeah, sure. So this body of work, um, I refer to as the radiator works I've been working on for about two and a half years. Um, and I would say since I started my own sort of delve into what a body of work would mean for me, um, prior to this, you know, over the last decade or so, I've always sort of been mining these, um, ideas of the relationship of how I walk through this world as a femme-identifying femme person and how my experiences have reflected in domestic space and bodily spaces and just sort of like a narrative of how I've navigated the world. Um, so for a long time, I was actually using a lot of materials similar to Alicia, um, a lot of fabrics and plasters and sort of mining similar ideas. Um, but over the last two years, I start to um, sort of refine those materials and refine the ideas. And um, funnily enough, I was I have a house full of a lot of radiators and just sort of being surrounded by them and staring at them for a long time. I started to see these parallels between their physical form and how they 
can sort of represent other parts of our own physical body, just visually. Um, and sort of went down a wormhole of like, well, what does it mean to have these uh, structures that are in a home? They're meant to keep a home warm and safe. They're often overlooked. They're attached to the house. They can't move. Um, what does that mean in relationship to the feminine experience? And, you know, there's so many parallels that I really kind of have associated between a, a, a female identifying body and a household radiator. So I guess, yeah, over the last two years, I've just sort of started to mine this. And the sculptures themselves are made out of construction material. So as you mentioned, um, foam insulation boards, uh, plasters, house paints, sometimes wood. Um, and it's important to me that the sculptures are made out of those materials because I think it's sort of not only marries that association between the home um, and the body and the sculpture, but can turn sort of the idea of construction on its head and, and how such a male dominated industry is sort of now covered up into these sort of like bodily, fleshy, somewhat feminine forms. Right. And then I think that that in a lot of ways relates to what Aurora makes um, kind of about navigating as a female form or just even like a non-male, non-cishet male form in this um, world and kind of working under that male dominance, that male gaze. And still, though, Aurora's work looks so different. Um, and I know that a lot of your work, Aurora, is informed by being a queer body, um, trying to navigate society in that way. If you want to talk about the way that you abstract and break down those forms, because I think it's a really interesting, different way of interpreting the human body. Yeah, I, um, uh, um, I feel like I started painting recently, more, most recently, um, after having surgery, um, and bottom surgery specifically. Um, and so kind of like reacquainting myself with my own body and understanding and like breaking down, um, and going through that method of like seeing forms, being seen. Um, yeah, I think, I think, um, yeah, you're okay. I'm not good at public speaking. No, you're okay. Or, yeah, no, no, fine. it's fine. Yeah. The, the paintings in particular, there's like kind of, there's two different, to me, well, I don't know if those little ones you consider those paintings or drawings or uh, I'm not good at the distinction sometimes with that stuff. Um, but you, you have two that like, they're kind of very different. Like one, uh, the smaller ones are very like beautiful and kind of refined. And, um, and then the other ones, although they're beautiful, they're kind of like murky and they have, there's seemingly like a, an implied violence mm -hmm. in those. I was wondering if you could talk about the distinction between those those two. Mm. Uh, I think the distinction, at least with the, the acrylic paintings, uh, I wanted to mostly delve into like how the how what some people may seem as grotesque or violent might be beauty, mm -hmm. um, and understanding that a different experience and different understanding of the body. Um, can be portrayed in different ways. 
mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and the smaller watercolor pieces were mostly trying to connect, kind of, I'm trying to think, uh, opposite ends mm-hmm. of some sort of spectrum. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like death and living. Um, De- what was it? Death and? Death and living. Okay. Bringing those two things together. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. Alyssa, I had a question for you with, with your work, because at times like you, um, you, uh, you kind of like glow, like glorify the form, like this piece here where it's on the wall, it's like large. It's typically not how we'd see like a radiator. Right. Um, but it's softened and it's like, it has this like real importance to it. But then at the same time, like some of your pieces are very subtle. Like in the front here, the, the I, like the brown colored one, you might walk by it, you know? So I'm kind of wondering, like, how do you, in terms of like playing with this form and this idea of that, the, the house and in particular, the thing that keeps the house warm, it keeps it viable in a certain climate. Um, how do you make that distinction of like, it's either uh, the viewer might un- not notice it, you know, or they might see it in this grand way. Yeah. So I think um, that's a very good question. I think each sculpture, uh, I mean, they're all unique and they all sort of come from, while I'm mining the same idea, they're all sort of addressing maybe different things in each one. And so I think, you know, while uh, the idea I'm talking about is a very overarching one as you know there's many femme identifying people walking this world i'm also directly mining from my own experiences so i think it's more of just a relation of like living a human life sometimes you do feel sort of small and overlooked and overseen and sometimes you are maybe wanting to be the center of attention um and up on a wall i think particularly in this series that is the only wall piece and it was sort of intended to be um not like, I don't know if a totem's the right word and, and or maybe like a, um, I'm missing the word. You know what I'm talking about when people like pray at things? Oh, an like an altar? Yeah, like yeah. an altar, an icon. Mm-hmm. I apologize. I was like not raised in a religious house. I really know. That. When people pray at sure. objects. Yeah, you yeah, pray yeah. at things. Okay. Um, that was, it was, uh, I think maybe the third or the fourth in the series, the wall one. And it was, that was the intention that there would only be one that was sort of mounted on the wall and the center and any, anything else that was displayed, if they were to be displayed together would sort of come out and onto the floor. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think each speaks to like specific experiences per se, um, which are not really important to the viewer, but I would hope that sort of spending time with them, you would start to feel, you know, maybe some relationship to your own experiences navigating the world. Right. And I think that that spiritual aspect and that aim for demarginalization is really central to Sophia's work, actually, this current body of work, um, because I know it's informed by your own ancestral roots and kind of uplifting that and bringing that to the forefront so that that's your personal narrative that you're showing people. If you want to talk about your process, part of that, too, because I know the collage mixed media combination is it's very interesting. You use such bright colors and such energetic line work, mark, markmanship. So you want to go in a little bit about that? Sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, of course. Yes. A lot of this work is 
um, definitely about unpeeling certain layers of my identity. Um, so it is definitely personal. Um, and that has been a lot of fun to do in this series is to kind of mix, you know, these personal motifs with certain things that, um, are also, um, you know, relatable to other people, you know, um, so that I was able to do that. It was something that felt really good was that I was able to put something more personal, but it actually was helping the, um, the narrative and the ideas that I wanted to portray, which is a lot about going to, you know, my own ancestral roots and looking at that and how it's present in my life and viewing that as ways of, um, Moving forward in the world, especially in this world, is kind of like understanding yourself. But through, for me, a lot of that is nature, through the spirituality, through connecting with certain parts of like my lineage. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I see a lot of self reflection and introspection in a lot of the works here, but. Um, they're made in such a way that almost abstracted to the point that anyone can really relate to them. Um, and I know that you use a lot of like recognizable imagery along with that abstracted, like marksmanship, brushstrokes. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. When you are painting, do you usually have like an idea, like a set direction that you want to go in or is it more intuitive? Yeah. So I would say it's a little bit of both. In the beginning, it was a, a lot more intuitive when it was just about um, portraying parts of nature and how that had to, that was uncovering stories about what happened to our ancestors, like looking to nature to tell that story. Um, so that was a little more intuitive. And that did involve like, I would take lots of trips to the Caribbean and like Puerto Rico and Jamaica. Um, and then while I'm there, I'm usually just allowing myself to express um, and make paintings in the moment, kind of being like in certain ancestral lands and seeing what that's like to create there. So that was a part of my process. But more recently, I kind of created this. I wanted to do more studies because I had like more things I wanted to include. So I started like this book that in my head was about like roots and rituals, getting to like the roots um, and the rituals within like my ancestry, like what already is there in my life, my own rituals, um, and how nature is incorporated into that. So I started doing a book that was documenting a lot of the rituals of my family anywhere I could find it or just like putting it together. So it definitely is just in relation to what's going on in my life. Um, and then that gets, that's definitely inspiring a lot of my work and going through photographs and like, uncovering certain things that I think need to be uncovered just so that, you know, the family and everyone's just more informed and connected about certain things. Um, so then I started creating this book where I was using family photographs to um, kind of create and mix it with paintings. So I remember doing a study like of the Nine of Ravens piece, which really evolved like to what my original intention was. But yeah, I created that in a book at first and then um, with the photos and then I started just adding more to it. Um, so it's a little planned out with the photographs using right. that as a gateway into like, that's my more recent work that has the photographs in it. I think there's like 
I think I have three here that have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of how I approached that. Um, And then I added the expressive, like things that like my spirit was, I would get certain revelations and certain things that I felt like I needed to include. I felt like that piece in particular was a very ancestral piece Mm -hmm. that like I needed to represent specific things. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So that was very cool. What are some of these like rituals you're talking about? I'm curious about that. Like how it sounds like it, it's more of like a, a family thing or or like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I would say certain rituals definitely are things that are informed with the land and the way like um, we used to like plant and a lot of agriculture. I see those as certain rituals, especially mm. harvesting as a ritual, certain yeah, like cooking. Cyclical, yeah. Yeah. As rituals, cleanings as rituals and like using like nature and like as... um like spiritual cleansing rituals, things like that, that are in, um, in my lineage in particular, like my maternal lineage. So trying to kind of uncover that because some of that is hidden. Like some people in my own family don't, they're like, I'm not doing a ritual. Like, what are you talking about? Is this coming from like the, you mentioned like the Caribbean is this like from that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My like the Puerto Rican and like Trinidad actually roots, but I never actually went to Trinidad. I went to Jamaica, (laughs) but yeah, it's informed from like Caribbean roots, but also like a North African root on like my father's side, um, Southern Italian, North African roots. So it's like the same relationship with land. That's actually something that as I'm learning more about like certain indigenous or ancestral practices, like it just really depends on your own background, but like mm-hmm. seeing how that's already present in your current life and seeing it as a ritual that wasn't somehow preserved from generation to generation, whether it's knowingly or unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds a little bit like like you're talking about magic too. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I, I wanted people to feel that a little with the Nine of Ravens piece because, you know, that was kind of definitely part of that energy there. That's pretty wild. I, like that. <laughs> I mean, I have a, a tiny bit of that in, in my heritage from my Scandinavian. And, yeah. You know, my, my grandmother would like legitimately talk about gnomes. Literally. Like yeah. coming in and, <laughs> and moving stuff. And, you know, it was like this kind of wild thing. Exactly. Um, but um, one thing I'm curious with this, you, you said it, did it, this painting with the collage on it, did it evolve in a, you said it in a surprising way or... What was the surprise? Like what, yeah. what changed? Um, initially, like there were just a lot of additions to it that I didn't see myself making. Um, I knew it, I, it was going to be like about my mother, you know, and mm-hmm. like, but that had, it kind of made me like um, research certain things. And also like, there was a lot of questions that I had to ask myself and in general, and that would create changes in the work. Like even like the Ravens was a change. That was something that wasn't part of the work, but it ended up being like a huge part of the work. Mm -hmm. But that was something I didn't know initially that was going to be there, but I really ended up liking that. So is that collage aspect new to your work? Yes. Um, yeah, it is more new. And the way that I'm doing it now, I played with it a little years ago. I would collage certain sure. things into my paintings and add texture. But the way I'm doing it now feels a lot 
more new. It has like a, like a, I don't, what am I trying to think? It has like a, like a, it's surprising. I guess the effect is when I look at it, I'm not sure. And we were talking briefly before how it was made. Right. And I start to think like, is this, um, you know, a computer thing you're doing or, you know, like what, how is that working? It's very effective. It's okay. really, it's super interesting. Thank it's you. It's kind of fun to, to play off of your painterly, you know, yeah. touch or your, your feel, your hand with this hard, not even hard, but this, you know, very photographic looking thing that melds with it. It's very kind of satisfying to look at. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. That was definitely something that was is just something I'm still exploring, like taking this photograph element and adding the paint with it. Um, mm -hmm. But I like the ways in which they can really come together. And then the ways are just very so different. Like you can feel parts. You're like, I know that's paint, but other parts, not so much. I felt like that was important um, because I was doing part of like this documentation. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that, like documenting our own stories is like an archival of creating history now. Um, but using these photographs, especially if they were like found family photographs or, um, even ones that like others or even myself have taken was a that part needed to be there. It's like, we're taking photos, we're documenting mm -hmm. and we're creating new things with that. We're like showing other things that that photo can't show. We're expressing certain mm -hmm. things. So I want, I really wanted that aspect of both. Hmm. That's kind of a nice thought. Like yeah. showing things the photo can't show. Yeah. Kind expressing more of that emotional, spiritual connection yeah. that you want there. You want people to receive or feel you can do that with just adding another um, medium. That's not the photograph. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And I think on the other hand, visually, at least I feel like Alyssa, your works are, almost formally opposite. They're so extremely structured and it, your works really don't look like a person made them. They look like they've been manufactured. And I remember early on when we had been going back and forth about what works of yours would be in this show, you had shown me a couple of work in progresses and you had mock-ups drawn. And then the work that ended up here is pretty much exactly what you drew. So I was just wondering how you decide on your shapes and the colors. Cause I know that this series is mostly pinks and like really light purples, but then this one up front is almost bloody. It's really deep red. So you seem like you have so many things planned out and they're so extremely structured in that way. Yeah, so I'm a Virgo. That's part of it. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you then. <laughs> uh, not entirely, but I mean, prior to this body of work, my work was um, way more intuitive and really informed by the materials. And while I was mining similar ideas, it was about, you know, a certain material or um, idea just sparking the, the work and the work would just sort of unfold. And so when I started, when I had the idea to make my first radiator sculpture, I knew I was going to have to make a plan because I was like, I'm not really sure how this would work. Um, and it was the first time maybe ever in my practice that I had started a sculpture with a drawing. Um, and it was mostly because I really needed to figure out like, A, what was it going to look like? Because they do take so long to make, you know, I kind of need to work out the 
form in its entirety in a drawing before I do tackle it in the 3D world. Um, so each one does start as a drawing and there's many drawings that happen before the final form, final finished drawing comes to be. Um, and from there, I sort of scale up the drawing to a three-dimensional object. And that's the fun part, but also the hard part, because there's a lot of things that, you know, I could draw something and then all of a sudden I have to make it like defy gravity because that exists and make it stand. Um, and that's where I'm not really conscious of those decisions in the drawing. So that's where it can be difficult. Um, but then, yeah, each, each piece is hand carved and coated in plaster and then many layers of sanding eventually painted in the ex acrylic exterior house paint. Um, and when it comes to the colors, you know, I initially started with sort of peachy, pinky, feminine, somewhat fleshy tones. Um, and that sort of evolved over the series into things that are either really deep and sort of bloody, like you said, the piece out in the hall. And there's some other um, forms that are sort of really darker, deeper tones. But I think, you know, they all kind of reference sort of colors we can see in the world. And I also think that um, they all sort of stem from what a stereotypically feminine derived color would be, purples, pinks, that kind of thing. Um, but that color selection usually comes much later. I'll have like a sense that I really want it to be deep and dark or like light and peachy, but it's sort of once the form is ready for paint that I make that final decision. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and that high contrast within this one body of work is really interesting because it creates like this super polarizing effect almost. And I feel like I get that sense in your work too, Aurora. Like Justin was saying earlier that some of these seem really spiritual and light and airy and then other ones seem heavier and grotesque. And I see you on Instagram all the time with your in-process works and I can never tell where you're going with anything and they tend to change so much between one post to the next. And I remember we were talking about some of your inspirations with more illustrative styles. If you want to kind of talk about how that informs your process when you work on your paintings. I enjoy kind of like carving out paintings um, and very procedural. Where I guess I'm not sure if procedural is the right word, but um, definitely going at the canvas with an open mind of whatever I throw on it. Um, and as soon as, as soon as I like see a figure, I kind of create a story for it and try to do some sort of illustration um, and ascribe meaning later um, and just kind of work more into that. So getting the initial forms down. Uh, carving out from the marble, so to say. And um, I don't know. That, yeah, it really sounds like you kind of set down the forms and the figures that you want, and then you build your narrative off of what already is existing there visually. Yeah, sometimes I like to think that, like of the figures as like mannequins and just kind of putting clothes on them. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. That's very interesting. Or like putting them on a stage. Yeah, and there's a lot of fragmentation too. So I wonder if almost like that dressing up part is also taking a part too with these figures. Yeah. I mean, um, to get into the nitty gritty of somebody's deepness of um, dissecting 
them and figuring out all these parts um, in some ways more violent, but then other ways of just accepting them at face value instead of dissecting them. And so knowing when to um, approach those figures. Gotcha. It's really interesting that you use the term carving out because I feel like that loops right back to Alyssa um, and also kind of relates to Arnella's work. She's not here right now. Unfortunately, she's out of the country, but her works include a lot of veiled figures. So there's a lot of concealment and a lot of abstraction in that way that it's identifiable as a figure, but also not really. It's something else. It's a little bit more surreal. And there's almost like this uncanniness to these fleshy forms or these physical bodies that we're seeing, but also not really seeing. Um, so yeah, I really liked what you said, Alyssa, about how you choose these fleshy colors for yours. Um, Aurora, I, I had a, a question for you, and it's something I've been thinking about. Um, you, okay, so let's see. What, you said you started painting um, like during a recovery process. You were, and um, what, what was your background prior to that? Like, um, I was reading your bio briefly, you play guitar, skateboard. Had you, I don't wanna say like make art, but like you must have had an interest prior to that? I mean, what were you kind of doing before that? Um, mostly food service work as far as paid work. But um, in college, I was an art minor and spent most of my time um, painting. Um, those works were less informed, I feel, and having a sort of like moment where I'm forced to reconcile with the self um, and the alchemy of the body um, definitely kind of inspired some pieces and kind of got my motivation going out of that rut of um, having been away from art for so many years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I asked because I had, um, I uh, when I had started grad school, um, I was like, I was very sick. Um, I had uh, just been diagnosed with uh, diabetes. So I was like, uh, like type one. And I was like 27 or something like that. I had lost like 100 pounds. I didn't know why, you know. Um, and, uh, I was just like really wiped out, but then I was like, um, I was diagnosed in August and then school started in September. So I just go to my studio. I couldn't really do anything, you know, and I felt, but I felt like I had to be there. And I made all these just like very like small folded paper sculptures. <laughs> like that's like literally all I could do. So I'm kind of wondering if you could talk a little bit about that like a little bit about like your mindset of that period, like where you're like, let me, like, let me transform this into this. Is that like something you could talk about a little bit? I'm curious just a little bit about your, your process or your, your headspace there. Definitely. I mean, I think during the early months of recovery, I was um, very stressed. Uh, I was not sleeping much because a certain schedules um, that I had to follow. Um, and so there was a very, like, kind of very depressing time. And so in order to counteract that, like, lessening of those, like, my emotions, I wanted to create beauty from the pain. And so, like, I started the, the triptych, not, not so close to, um, like, my surgery date, but um, definitely helped uh, 
you know, work through that and make it a more beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. So you were kind of just like trying to, 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 you know, take that energy and make something right. Like that was, Mm. what, what lended you to like grab what, I mean, I'm just curious, like what made you want to paint again? Or was it just like you were. So initially I had brought a uh, watercolor sketchbook with me to um, the place where I had gotten surgery. And so I was going to be in bed for a week um, Mm. and wanted to come up with the ways of like remaining, like having my mind be active. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, before then I had been mostly doing a lot of physical activities um, and not being able to do that and exert those muscles. I wanted to like use up my energy in some other way. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Like you're going to be in bed. Right. So like, what can I do? And then it just uh, took off. Like I just started creating again. I felt like, a plug had been pulled out. Uh, that's, that's I feel incredible. like every time I see you on social media, you have a new painting that you're working on. You must be working on like six at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, six or seven, I think. I keep stretching canvas. <laughs> they keep piling up. Huh. Yeah, I mean, that's like always like a, like, quite like, it's such a practical question as like an artist, like how, like, like the physicality of it, like, do I want to like, it sounds dumb, but like sometimes when I start a photograph in my studio, I'm like, do I want to stand or sit? You know, and that kind of dictates <laughs> what part of like what the photograph looks like, because it's like, it's practical. Like, do I, you know, where am I going to be? You know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I mean, it sounds goofy, but like, you know, I guess people don't really think about that too much. Um, yeah. Sorry, that was like a sitting and standing tangent. I don't know. <laughs> you can relate to that. You can relate to that? Yes, for Sophia? sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like just setting out materials for you and Alyssa is just like picking what materials you want to use at all. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Alyssa, I was curious, just like and you were talking about like making the first radiator. Um what was that? I'm curious, like what that thought process was like as like an artist, like you kind of, you're, you're sitting there and like, I'm going to make a radiator. Like what, like, were you like hesitant? Were you, cause I ask cause I'm making some new stuff now. That's like part furniture, like part um, photography, part drawing. It's like this weird mix of yeah. things I've never done. And I, and I don't trust it. I don't trust the process at all because I'm not familiar with it. Like last night I was using a nail gun. I was holding the wood together and I shot the nail and it like went through the wood and into my finger and it hurts now. (laughs) And I'm thinking about like, I don't trust this process because I, the process I know is I make a photograph and I bring it into the computer and then I work on it. But now I'm doing this new thing and I don't know. So did you have a lot of like, were you unsure the entire time or were you just like, let me just, I mean, because part of me is just, let me see what happens. Yeah. You know, is, what was that like for you? Yeah. So I think in some ways I returned to a material I was familiar with. So that made it a little bit easier. So the foam insulation boards that I'm carving had used years ago for another body of work. So I sort of had an idea of like how I could adhere them and how I could carve them and like what that would feel like. Um, I think for me, the scary part was the drawing because I, I mean, I 
studied art my whole life. I hate drawing. I really don't like it. I feel very uncomfortable doing it, but I knew I had to do it to make, figure out the forms. Um, so yeah, making a drawing was really scary for me and I still don't like that part of it, but I know I have to do it. Um, and I think, yeah, there was like, there was hesitancy in the, the sense of, you know, I don't know if it's going to work, but I also thought like, well, who cares? Cause if it doesn't, I mean, nobody whatever has to I'm see here it. in my studio by yeah. myself, nobody right. needs to know. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, throughout, I think, what am I at? I think this is my 10th one, the one in the front room. The red, I think, is the 10th in the series. And so throughout the process, I've kind of like obviously figured out what works and what doesn't to a degree. Um, but I think there's something nice about not knowing because if I look at the first one, I mean, I think it's not as refined in its um You see all surface. the mistakes. Yeah. And I yeah. think there's something a little more human about that and i'm like unable to do that now you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i can't leave it unpolished just my own thing but you know right, I, think, right. I, yeah, yeah. I say embrace it mm -hmm. <laughs> but be careful okay i think that's very funny though that when you started it was the foam that you were comfortable with and not the drawing part because <laughs> yeah. i think it i think it would make sense for most people to be like oh the foam is a very unconventional medium i don't really know what to do with that <laughs> but you're you're like oh it's the pen on paper part <laughs> that's yeah. very funny it's scary man. why do you really hate scary. drawing so much i don't know and it's interesting because like throughout my you know <laughs> i love that my, question <laughs> what's your deal <laughs> i mean throughout like my educational history like i've had really good professors i've had people who are of course, incredible yeah. teachers i mean in my i think really where it comes from is i had an incredible drawing teacher you may know him tom lale I'm sure you know him. I can't stand him. No, I'm joking. I know. He's, he's an a good incredible professor. Yes. And yeah. I Is was he? a terrible student and like didn't go to most of drawing one and drawing two. So like I made it through, but didn't really. You didn't like you didn't physically go. Didn't show you up. didn't. Doesn't he have an attendance policy? <laughs> yeah. No? <laughs> I didn't do well. I didn't really go. And it was nothing to do with him. He was amazing okay. um, and forgiving. But yeah, so I feel like I just don't have confidence and like I never really mm -hmm. got where I needed to or maybe could have. And so it's yeah. scary for me to. And what did you do after you, you went to? I read the thing. I forget that. Was it Pratt or where did no, you go? I actually, no, actually. So I did Hudson yeah. Valley with Tom and then yeah. I did U Albany to finish my undergrad. Oh, okay. Um, which I think I was there when you were there. For like, yeah, at least a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I got my master's at Brooklyn College, which was a Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I know that. I had a friend who went there. Yeah. Um, hmm. But so you focused on sculpture, though. Well. Right? Or no? Uh, technically, I have a master's in painting, but I've always like made oh. sculpture. Okay. I think for a really long time, I wanted to be a painter, and I thought that's what I was. Me too. And I was like trying really hard because that's amazing to be a painter but all of my paintings like i would crumple up and turn them into like sculptural form or i'd start painting on metal and then eventually i think after grad school i was like actually i think i'm a sculptor because everything i make is a three-dimensional form that i just put paint on yeah and it's not very painterly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i don't get painterly vibes from your work no but not at all okay interesting yeah. No drawing, no painting. <laughs> no drawing, no paint. But you like to paint. I love to paint. Yeah. I'm and confused. I have more confidence there than I do in 
it's drawing. Paint is certainly a lot more forgiving than yeah. drawing, I do have to say, because at a certain point on paper, there's no more erasing. It's not going away. Yeah. Um, but painting, you can always just cover up. So I can I can understand. And I feel mm. like sculpture is a little bit similar because you can always reform and reshape it. Yeah. So it's a little bit more organic in that way. I can definitely understand that yeah. aspect, exactly. that relation there. Interesting. Anybody else dislike drawing? Hate anything? Want to share? No, they all have their challenges, though, that's for sure. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I feel like sculpture lately, you know how like you always want to try certain mediums that you don't do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like when that's always fun, like sometimes you just try something different, like, oh, let me sculpt something and see how that is. And then you'll be like, wow, this is really difficult. <laughs> these, these photographs you're using, um, and I'm just thinking about different mediums, are they like, quote unquote, like found photographs? Like, or are they, they're not ones you're taking, right? Um, actually some of them are yeah and not all of them though um some like other people i know have taken some i are found photographs um some are like there's a couple like magazine yeah some is this all like magazines mm -hmm. so yeah i'm not really like um i'm not super structured on where i get them from but i do like it when i can have a personal touch to some of the photographs gotcha interesting hmm. well have we said it all <laughs> i don't know what do you think jenny Scene is on view until the end of August. Please come in person. It's really cool. We'll have a 360 tour out shortly, very, very soon. But in person, the works are crazy, um, crazy good. I really wish that Caitlin, Caitlin Rose Sweet and Alicia Barton had been able to join us because, um, and you'll be able to tell when you see them in person, but Caitlin works a lot in ceramics, but also working with grotesque um, and dismembered anatomy. And Alicia just combines a whole bunch of different materials um, and they're really cool to look at in person. So come check out the show. Kind of unsettling. I would think. Yeah, that's her thing. She likes to yeah. do attention with what is attractive or even sexy with things that are gross and yeah. disgusting. So kind of creeped I, out. Just thing yeah. next to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hair is very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. Uh yes, thank, thank you, you everyone. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um just try drawing. <laughs> just, just, just try like to like I'll give it a shot. <laughs>